Hello, friends, and thanks for joining us today for the Hillcrest Covenant Church podcast. This week, as we celebrated Pentecost as a church community, Associate Pastor Bill Orris asks us to wait on God and to see how the Holy Spirit can take our lives from being something that is spectacular to something that is truly miraculous. Please remember to watch our live stream that happens Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., or you can always find us at hillcrestdecalb.com. Grace and peace. Well, all this, uh, these past two weeks, all my umpire friends, they keep calling up one another, and we keep finding out what games we're getting and where we're uh, umpiring and what we're doing. And uh, yesterday... Uh, Lisa was, after my game, I came back and told her about it, and she was packing up to go visit a dear friend. She was spending the uh, afternoon and evening with her friend, and so I was telling her about the game. She said, what do you do? And I said, I'm going to an umpire picnic. She says, you're doing what? I said, it's an umpire picnic. She said, you're kidding me. I said, no. I said, all of us umpires, we get together after our game, and we all talk about our game and all the plays that we do. She said, you're a bunch of boys. You know that? <laughs> I said, I know, but honey, it's just, it, it just, it's, it's just amazing. And so she just rolled her eyes and just left. And I went, and we're all sharing our stuff there for hours. We're there just for hours. And we're congratulating, uh, guys, I'm doing a super sectional on Monday, and some guys are going down state final for their first time, and we're congratulating them, and one of the guys said to me, congratulations, that's spectacular that you get to do another game. I said, you're welcome. And then I came across this quote. Someone once said, your life apart from the presence of the Holy Spirit may be spectacular, but it will never be miraculous. If we're really honest with each other, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we say, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And some of us grew up saying, God the Holy Ghost. Do you remember that? That's real inviting and welcoming, isn't it? <laughs> no wonder why the Holy Spirit's gotten a bad rap called ghost, right? The mystery of the Trinity, God three in one, and it's the Holy Spirit that moves and works in us every day. But yet, if we're really open and honest about it, we could tend to live our lives, sadly, one someone once said, and we'd be okay without the Holy Spirit. Because at times we think things might be spectacular, but will it ever be miraculous? Acts 1.8 says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and in the other parts of the earth. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit... That word there for power is the word where we get our English word for dynamite. Boom! I love that. You shall have the power, dynamic, dynamite power when you receive the Holy Spirit. And so the question I ask today, when was the last time that you felt that power and that presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life? Turn with me in your Bibles, if you haven't, already to Acts chapter 1. 
And we're going to read the story of Pentecost here. It's Acts chapter, excuse me, that was 1-8, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And we're going to see the power that these ordinary men and women received on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Pentecost is a Jewish celebration. It was 50 days after Passover. There are three festivals celebrated in the Jewish holiday, Passover, Pentecost, and the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. And Pentecost, what was unique about it was, is that it was the bringing of first fruits that they would celebrate the harvest. They would plant during Passover, and 50 days later, the very first fruits would be celebrated, and so they would celebrate that on the day of Pentecost. It is the only Jewish holiday that is celebrated not on the Sabbath. Sabbath for our Jewish brothers and sisters is on what day? Saturday. Pentecost was celebrated on Sunday, the day after. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Jesus is the first fruits of the dead. Jesus rose on what day, Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Isn't that amazing? So 50 days after the resurrection of Christ, they gathered again, the disciples and all of Jerusalem were gathered together to celebrate Pentecost, the Jewish festival of the celebration of the harvest. And it was on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit came. And did you notice there that the disciples, ordinary men and women, were able to speak in various languages or tongues? Uh, in Acts chapter 2, there were 15 different geographical representations of people from all over the world coming into Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. They were devout Jews and men and women also learning about what Jew, Jewish was, um, being a Jew was. So they came in to celebrate and all of a sudden, they heard their language being spoken by these men and women in the upper room. They were all gathered there in the upper room waiting. Jesus told them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Now, a lot of people thought that they were drunk because these ordinary fishermen, men and women, were speaking in all these different dialects, all these different languages. And God gave them that power, and Jesus told them to wait, and the Holy Spirit would come upon them, and they would speak. The Holy Spirit, when he came in the day of Pentecost, it's hard to imagine that what we just read, that tongues of fire came and distributed on each of them. And uh, think about that, that the Spirit of God was present, and fire, as Joel said, was always part of the Bible. God's presence would be felt the fire led the Israelites in the Old Testament. It led the way for them at night. And yet now the Holy Spirit would come upon them at Pentecost. I tried to look for pictures and I found a movie and I've showed this before, the Bible, um, what came out several years ago. And so those of you online, we can't show it, but we're going to provide a clip. And it's one of the best presentations 
of how the day of Pentecost happened. And as they were all gathered, 120 in the upper room, men and women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And here's how the Bible predicts uh, shows on the day of Pentecost. Watch this with me. We tend to forget that these were ordinary men and women, not educated at all. And God the Holy Spirit came and fell upon them, and they were able to speak all these languages and tell everybody about Jesus. What we don't realize is that Jesus told them to wait, wait, and the Holy Spirit was going to come. But they, like us, didn't wait when Jesus told them they were missing a disciple, and so they got together and drew lots to find out who it was, and then they finally realized uh, that we need to wait, and so they all went into this upper room and waited. I came across this quote this week. Most of us don't like waiting. We try to fix things on our own, just like the disciples. They were doing instead of being. I like that. Most of us don't try to wait. We try to fix things on our own, just like the disciples. They were doing instead of just being. I always tell the patients and clients when I work with um, alcoholics and drug addicts in the recovery community, you've heard me say, I'm not okay, and everyone answers back, and we're not okay. I tell them that I'm an ACOA, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic, and I do three things that they also do. I try to fix things, manage things, and control things. Many of you are not ACOAs, but how many of you try to fix things, manage things, and control things? 
One of my clients this week at Northern Illinois Recovery said, Pastor Bill, I got a double whammy. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic and I'm an alcoholic. I said, you're special. We don't like to wait. And when we wait, things like that happen. When was the last time you and I just waited to see what God had for you and me? When they waited, that was Peter at the end there. He went out and preached a sermon. (laughs) And he preached a sermon, a long sermon, and told them all about Jesus. And they heard about Jesus in their own language and all these dialects. And it was powerful because now he wasn't doing on his own power. He was doing it the strength of the Lord. Many of us at times try to do it on our own personal power instead of Pentecostal power and let God do something. At the end of Peter's sermon, this was the result. At the end of chapter 2. Look at these verses, verses 37 through 41. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Hallelujah. 3,000 men and women came to faith in Jesus that day because they waited. And Peter didn't function on his own power, neither did the disciples, and they watched what God did. To experience power in our lives, we need to learn to wait more and more. And we have to wait in prayer. The results are supernatural, not just spectacular. They're miraculous. Do you and I take the time to wait in the Lord or prayer? Do we sit and wait for Him? There's power in God's presence. Begin with just open yourself up to God Open yourself up to another person and just say, I'm on this journey. Will you wait with me? Someone once said, we feel, get so busy that no amount of work for the kingdom will make up for neglect of time with the king. No amount of work for the kingdom will make up for neglect of the time with the king. I must admit, I struggle with prayer. I Sometimes just find myself doing quick prayers and not just sitting and listening. How about you? Some of you are amazing prayer warriors. I could look around the room and know when I ask for prayer, you pray because you tell me and remember things that you were praying for. It means more than you know. And other of us are just like just like this, and then we go on to the next thing. Will you take that challenge with me even this week, this week of Pentecost, just to wait and ask God to do something new in you and in me. 
And the time I experienced prayer the most is when I was in Crossroads Covenant Church in Minnesota. And we would meet every morning on Tuesdays, every Tuesday morning at 6.30 in the morning. I've shared that story with you before. We met early in the morning all year round and just sat and prayed and asked God to move and work. And I saw him do amazing things. Why do I always go back to that part in my life? I was thinking that this week. God brought it to my mind again. He's still doing things today, amen? But we just get caught up in our routine and our ruts and we miss what God is doing. The Jewish people were just blown away when they saw Peter. The Jewish leaders all just thought, wait a minute, they're ordinary fishermen. They're ordinary men and women. How can they do this? And listen to this verse in Acts chapter 4, because they could not understand how fishermen like Peter and John could do something like this. And they said this in verse 13, Acts 4, 13. Now when they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and they, were, they understood that they were simple, uneducated, and untrained men, they marveled at how they could speak and act this way. But they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. How many times do people recognize with you and me that we've been with Jesus? That people marvel because we've been with Jesus. That's my desire for myself. How about you? That they just look at us, they could tell that they've, we've been with Jesus. Sometimes we don't have to say a word. We just sit with them, and they will feel the presence of the Lord. Peter and John had to ask the Holy Spirit to continue to fill them and to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 8 says, Don't be drunk with wine, for that will lead to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit of God. It's a daily feeling that you and I have to ask one another and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. When I said yes to Jesus, I'm full. I'm baptized with the Spirit, but then stuff out of me leak out. And so I have to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me. Listen to this. American drivers waste the equivalent of 100,000 barrels of oil per day because of underinflated automobile tires. Did you know that? This lack of efficiency costs each driver 2% more on their annual gasoline bill. Oh, my heavens. We're all going to run out and fill our tires up now. $5.55. Get those tires filled, right? It says 32 pounds. I put 38 in there. Right? Listen to this. Likewise, homes in the United States lose 1.7 million gallons of water every day through leaks. The average home loses 25 gallons of water each day through leaky pipes, faucets, toilets, appliances, and lawn sprinklers. The Environmental Protection Agency notes, quote, 14% of the water we buy is lost through leaks without us ever using it. Scripture commands us to fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because tires like tires and houses were constantly leaking and becoming less efficient. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch what God will do. 
Not only do we have spirit-filled power, but finally we're spirit-filled witnesses. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the world. God calls us to share, to be a witness. The word witness comes from the Greek word martyreo. I'll tell you the Greek word. I never like saying it because it means nothing, but this one does. Martyreo. We get our English word of martyr. It's used 29 times in the book of Acts, either as a noun or a verb. A witness is someone who tells what they have seen. Early Christians were martyred for their witness, their faith in Jesus Christ, because of what they have said and done. Listen, we're not all called to be evangelists. Not everyone has the gift of evangelism to share, to say, to lead someone to take that step with Christ. But we're all called to be witnesses. We're all called to share the good news of Christ. Sometimes, as St. Francis said, don't open your mouth. My paraphrase. Just do. Serve. Be that witness. But we're all called to share the good news, what Jesus has done in your life. A silent witness in a courtroom does not help, does it? Silent witness doesn't help. Share what we have seen. This week it really hit me on that word martyreo, martyr. Because I think for the first time in our country, we have nine and ten-year-olds that are living martyrs. Think about it. In Evaldi, Texas, these nine and ten-year-olds are living witnesses of what they saw. They are martyrs. I've never thought of that before. That's why even more we need to pray for them, and I'm thankful as I've heard the bishop being interviewed and other pastors in that community caring for the children and for the families. Sadly, in our country, we have living martyrs because of what they've witnessed and seen. In the midst of this pain that we are going through, I want to be a living martyr of what Jesus has done and bring his hope and his peace. Do you know another word for the Holy Spirit? He's called the comforter. He comforts us in our pain. Colossians 3.17 says this, For whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God for him. All of this begins when you and I are in the presence of God, experiencing his power and his witness. Call upon the name of the Lord, Psalm 105 says. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his known. Make his deeds known to everybody. Jim Simbola, the author of Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, said this. We are always either drawing near to God or falling away. There's no in-between. James 4.8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How are you doing? Do you feel that God is near? Do you feel the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? I've shared with you before when I was in India, I asked the Holy Spirit to give me the gift of dialectos, dialect, or the gift of tongues. I wanted to speak Hindi. I couldn't, I didn't, he didn't. <laughs> So instead of me preaching in Hindi, 
I preached in English and the translator and my sermons went three and a half hours long and no one left because in India and where I was preaching, they were hungry for the word of God. We've become complacent. We watch something like that and like, hmm. Do we really mean it when we sang, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. Flood this place. Fill me. Fill you. Reality check for me and for you. How are you doing today? How's our church doing today? The church in the United States, if you haven't noticed, is losing its power. It's losing its witness, is declining because I feel we've run on personal power too long. It's time now to run on Pentecostal power. Begin with me, God. Begin with us. And watch what the Holy Spirit will do as we wait. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me. Use me, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Lord, may we be open to the movement of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, may you move and work in my life and in our lives as we wait on you. Show up in unexpected ways. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you have for us as we worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Will you stand with me?